Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the Monday Night Football game right down to the wire. Lions fans, there's probably two or three of you here in Utah. Yeah, thought you got a raw deal. There were some mystery flags there at the end. And the Packers kick a field goal at the end and win 23-22. So, the Packers, the rock-solid hold in the NFC North, and the Lions, who could have been right there in the mix, now drop back to 500. But... That's the way it goes. For the baseball, uh, it just feels like it's over for before it started. The Nationals just pound the Cardinals again. Strasburg, seven really good innings. Howie Kendrick, the former Salt Lake Bee, doubling and doubling and doubling again. He seemed to have the uh, stroke down, man. Just put the ball in the gap time after time after time. So that's 3-0 now. ALCS and potential of an NLCS sweep today. It'll be game three, and the Yankees and Astros are 1-1. All right. Coach Speak Monday mornings. We're going to do a little different because the Jazz played last night. We'll get to that coming up. But right now, let's go to Kalani Sataki's press conference. BYU getting ready for Boise State this week. Both teams apparently working with backup quarterbacks. Here's Kalani. New week. Got a ranked team coming into town, so got to be ready and got to get our guys in position so we can have a chance to win the game. What questions do you guys have for me? Looking back, what you what you see? What 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 needs to be done this week? Yeah, kind of like a little impression of what I had after the game, you know, and, and uh, stopping the run on defense didn't take place in the second half. Um, didn't score enough points on offense, and those are the things that I'm addressing as a head coach. I do a better job. We have good players, and even um, guys that are capable of scoring points and guys that are capable of making plays on defense. So uh, I need to get them in the right spot and make sure that we have more success. On Saturday, you mentioned that you feel like you need to maybe reevaluate everything right now. Mm-hmm. What items take higher precedence within that reevaluation? Everything. I mean, I, I'm not going to really share much of what we're doing, but we're we're getting things done this week, and and uh, you know, with the with the thoughts of, of performing better than what we have the last two weeks. When you're talking about stopping the run, how much of it is player development? How much of it is scheme that you're looking at to kind of adjust things? Both. I mean, that's that's. Uh, I'm not going to blame our players though. If they if they give, uh, to be honest with you, you normally as a coach, if they give you the effort and they're tough, then um, we should put them in a position to, to at least um, handle the run consistently, and that's, that's what we're going to try to get done. Have you special teams have been a, a strong point in your tenure until this year. Why do you think it's kind of taken a step backwards a little bit? Hmm. Um, looking at everything, I think the. Uh, when it all comes down to it is, is uh, you know, when we have our playmakers in there, they usually do a good job. We have some young guys kicking the ball right now, and um, as, as comfortable as we've been with those guys kicking, I think the punt game has been pretty good. Kickoff has been good until the last couple of weeks, getting some big returns. But uh, there, there are things that give a lot of credit to the other team for making making plays, but we can we can definitely help out on our end, and uh, that's that's something that we're looking to get better. Have you taken a more hands-on approach with your defense at all at any point? Yeah, I mean that's that's this is a, this is a team. I'm hands-on with everything, so anything that's not functioning well is my fault. And so that that's that's how I look at it. This hands-on with the offense, defense, and special teams, and we're not performing well, so that's on me. When will you know if Karen Hall would be available Saturday? Um, I don't know. It's day to day right now, so we're we're still hopeful, but that's. Right now, we're going to go practice and, and see what, what the protocol is. And that's the, a training room answer, uh, answer for, you, for them to get to you. Are you comfortable with Baylor Romney, given what you have seen in practice and what you saw for us? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, you know, I'm comfortable with the coaching that he's receiving and with his mentality. And I thought he came to the game with a great with great poise. I mentioned that after the game. And uh, we can work with guys that, that, that have a lot of confidence and and uh, we just need to put him in a position that, that are working for his strengths. And so whether it's him or Joe or uh, Jaron on the field, we'll, we'll, we'll work towards that this week. What gave Baylor the edge over Joe? Why did you go with him the other day instead? I think we're just suited for more for what we've had established in the game plan that, um, against South Florida and um, with his ability to run and things like that. Do you feel like you've got a pretty good handle on why the offense isn't finishing drives? Like what what's what the problems are that need to yep, be? I do, and then I think we'll, we've made we've made some uh, some adjustments and we'll get it done. We, I look forward to us scoring more points. We're not scoring enough points to to uh, to get the wins that we need.
and 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 we're getting on into the red zone, but we're not punching it in. That's it's always dangerous when you're kicking field goals or attempting to kick field goals rather than score touchdowns. And that's uh, we got we got to get points on the board. Elisa said earlier today that he felt that the coaching staff, the, the ultimate reason for the loss was maybe the staff got outcoached. What ex- expectations do you have for the coordinators and staff going into this week against Boise? Yep, do a better job coaching. It's me. It's, I, I, I've got to do a better job coaching, you know, so um, that's, 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 that's what I look forward to getting done. Yeah, there's huge urgency for that to happen. What and changes, though, do you think can go into the preparation to, you know, make a lot? Fun? Yeah. We'll, we'll see the results on Saturday if they worked or not. Were any of the injuries season-ending? I, I know Keanu went down. Uh, no, um, none of them were season-ending, but we'll see how, how it goes from day to day. We're still evaluating a lot of it, you know, so throughout the week. Is Dan Gamolaku and or Tristan Hodges expected to play this week? We're hopeful, yeah. So we're, so we're hopeful that they will play. That's, like I said, um, you guys should do the press conference with the trainer. I have more. <laughs> answers for you. You've had really good run defenses here um, at BYU in, in previous stops. I mean, what what makes a good run defense, in your opinion? Well, this is a long this is a long answer. So I mean, just results is what matters. That's all I care about is stuff in the run, and yeah, we'll, we'll get there. I've I've been in tight spots before, you know, where we've had to respond well with coaching, and been coaching for 19 years, so this isn't new to me. So we'll. We'll respond the right way. In tight spots, I mean, who are there individuals you turn to for advice to kind of navigate these these difficult stretches? Yeah, I've been I've been, I've had a lot of guys that are that are available, mentors and things like that. But I've also got experience on my side and uh, you know know how to get it done. I know what's expected and look forward to matching the expectations of everyone. How, how often you have a resource in Tom Homo, who's been a head football coach? How often do you talk with Tom and can you kind of what have them conversations been like? Well, Tom and I have a great relationship. I have a great relationship with everyone in the administration, and we talk daily. So yeah, that we talk a lot about a lot of different things. What is your sense of the vibe around the team right now? No, oh, they're, they're fighters. They're going to be ready to fight and play. And so they've given us the energy and the effort, and just look forward to making it work. So no, no one on this team and no one in this building is going to quit. So that's you know, we're looking forward to playing a ranked team, coming to our house at home, and. Excited for that moment, that opportunity. Do you feel like the, the like, I guess you'd say maybe the hockey substitutions, just the mass subs and on the defensive side have been a net positive for that side of the ball to this point of the season? On the defensive side? Yeah. Well, I mean, considering a lot of the guys that get banged up, I think it's been helpful. And seeing the, the um, you know, the, the progress that Isaiah Herron's made as a, as a corner, it's been huge. And getting those valuable reps has been, for to lean on him and those meaningful reps has been really good for us. So... Uh, yeah, that's, that's that's no different than a lot of substitutions that you see in college football, you know. And so I know everybody wants to look at reasons why things aren't performing well. And um, it's okay for everyone to question everything because I'm doing the same thing as well. But we'll get it fixed. Are you preparing for multiple quarterbacks given the uh, hip injury to Buckminster? Yeah, I, I mean, he got hurt. They were up 17-7, and they put 52 points on the board. So... Uh, they have plenty of quarterbacks that can play. They have a, a scheme that's dangerous. They're, they're well-balanced. They can run the ball and throw it and throw it with a lot of different people. So they're, they're dangerous and they're ranked for a reason, you know, and Coach Harson's done an amazing job with, with his program and, and uh, it's going to be a fun game. I think I think uh, we match up well with them in a lot of different aspects and, uh, you know, we just have to be functioning well on all three phases and it's going to take all three phases to, to perform really well for us to win. What do you think you're way better at than what the stats have shown so far in the season? Oh, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I mean, stats tell the story, right? And and uh, you can pick up a lot of different stats. It all depends on what you're trying to argue. And so, uh, the only stat that matters to me is winning. And that's all I care about right now. That's what I've always been focused on. I I can handle a lot of different things too, but I'm always willing to learn and get better. And that's a day-to-day process for me as a coach, as a person, as a father, husband. But um, I like winning. That's that's the key. Kalani, you take a lot on yourself as far as personal accountability mm-hmm. goes. And, you know, you've said multiple times, I'm the head coach, it's my job to get it done. How do you handle the stress and the challenges, particularly when you're going through a rough stretch like this? Uh, well, I, I know this is uh, this is maybe hard for someone to understand, but I, I love coaching football. And, and that's, if it was only about the good times, and then, then, then uh, 
then it wouldn't be as fun, right? Because uh, I think there's there's uh, adversity and the times you can learn, build you in who you are. I'm, I've built, been built on tough times. That's my whole life, you know. So uh, coaching has been the same thing. I, I, I try to learn as much as I can. It's un, it's unfortunate that we learn the most when things are going, when things are really hard, you know what I mean? And so I look at this as a, a learning moment for me and, uh, and a way to get better as a person and definitely get better as a coach and to love my boys even more than I have before, you know. So uh, these guys are great young men. I enjoy coaching them. Love being around them, and they're giving us everything they, they can give. And uh, it's important that we as coaches do do it back in return. So if there's more I can do as a coach, as a head coach and leader, then I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that they get the best out of me. How do you Last balance? How do you balance that just when you're dealing with the staff and the players, as far as you know, the correction, the you know, mm-hmm. making adjustments, the discipline side versus the you know, the love and caring and, and showing the those side that side as well. I think I mentioned this before. The honesty is important, right? And and uh, I'm I'm always open for honesty and criticism because it's how you learn, and so I, I even though there's love doesn't mean that I'm not honest with these kids. There's, there's direct feedback and honest feedback. Otherwise, they don't learn and they don't grow. Um, but if if there's no love and there's no connection, they're not really going to learn as much as they should, you know. And so this is a moment where uh, it's really tough, and I'm going to revel in it and, and enjoy it as much as I can and, and uh, get better from it. But I think it's important for the team to know that this doesn't define us. You know, it's how you respond to the tough times that that people will remember the most, and that's what character is all about. And um, looking forward to fighting my way out of this and fighting our way out of this as a team. Are there benefits to for you and your coaching staff to prepare for an opponent that you actually have some familiarity with? You know, that you face on an annual basis. Yeah, it's just, other than they're just really good. They're always a, an effective team, and and they've had something that's been established there for a long time. It goes before even. Harson uh, became the head coach. You know, he, they've they've had that culture established for many years now, and then that has uh, gone on to, to breed a lot of great coaches and, and uh, great players and, and alumni. And so their fan base is excited about what they got going on there. And so I, I think there's a lot of things that I admire about that program and admire about their fans and, and their coaching staff. And and uh, you know, we're building a culture that that, that I think can can really match what they're doing as well. And, it takes some time, but right now we don't have time. We have to be able to play right now and, and be able to rely on our culture to help us win games. And, and this is one that that uh, that we should be expected to perform really well and have a chance to win. This is an important series to the BYU football program in general. Obviously, you guys just barely signed a long-term extension with Boise, and you're going to play them for 14, 15 years, something like that. Is this just a big series for the program? In general? Yeah, I think it's because with the independent schedule, there's um, there's only a few guys that we we know we're going to play every year, you know, and and so them being familiar has become kind of a common rival, you know, and and um, and so they're a really good team and, and have a lot of great uh, results, and they've got great tradition in the last couple of decade, decades, and so I think it's a good matchup for us, and it brings out the best in our team. Thanks, coach. All right, guys, thank you. There's Kalani Sataki with the media portion of it. You'll hear all of it uh, if you go online at 1280thezone.com. We take a break. We come back with the best of the Jazz postgame show. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. The Utah Jazz lose their preseason game to the Sacramento Kings. Um... I'll just say this, uh, and you know, it's, it's preseason game, so there isn't the adrenaline, there isn't the urgency, the starters don't play the same number of minutes, and when they do, they don't play with the same oomph, but a Jazz team that can put up 38 points in a quarter, a Jazz team that can put up 115 points in a game, sign me up! Now, at the same time, they can't cough up too much defensively, and the Kings had 78 points at halftime. How much of that is because the Jazz are going to have defensive issues? How much of that is because it's a preseason game and this doesn't matter and 78 points isn't going to happen or isn't going to happen very often? All questions to be answered. 
but it's something to watch for. All right, here is the best of the postgame show. It's DJ and PK 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you at your Jazz Recap. The Jazz fall to the Sacramento Kings in preseason action last night, 128-115. to They have one final preseason game to go. Wednesday, they'll take on the Portland Trailblazers, and then they all count from there. Uh, the Jazz last night were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 22 points in 29 minutes. Rudy Gobert was 17 points on 5 of 6 shooting. Uh, Jeff Green got the start at 4 for the Jazz. We saw Royce O'Neal get that starting spot against New Orleans last week. Jeff Green last night, he had 12 points in 19 minutes. Joe Ingles, 12 points and 8 assists coming in off the bench. The Jazz struggled to stop the Kings in the second quarter, outscored 41-26, to and that turned out to be the difference in in the game, the Jazz actually outscored the Kings by one in the second half. But let's uh, get some sound for uh, for you from the post game. Let's start with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. We, we didn't, you know, I think we we played, um, but we've just got to be more um, more determined on on the defensive end. So we had spurts where we we guarded, but there has to be, you know, that that needs to be a focus for us. And it, it, it's, it, it has been, but, you know, these Sacramento's, you know, a very good offensive team. And, but we gave up too many things, you know. We gave up mid-range shots, but they were uncontested. We gave up the boards. You know, I just thought that it was, it was too easy. And, you know, when we're, when we're scoring, um, which we, we did, you know, um, you know, sometimes there's a sense that, you know, that that can be enough to win. And I, I think for our group to continue to kind of, um, I think they, they, we understand that. It's just a question of applying. And, you know, in that sense tonight is, uh, is a good night and that, you know, some things got exposed. <clears throat> I guess what's your level of confidence in turning that around in the next, you know, week, 10 days before the regular season begins? Well, I mean, I, I think it starts with, you know, I don't know that, you know, you just flip something overnight. You know, I think it's a process. Um, but the urgency, you know, I, I think um, has to be there. And you saw us in the third quarter, that's the same team. You know, so <clears throat> the way we came out in the second half um, is the way we have to play. And, and it takes work. You know, it, it's um, it, it requires focus and, and you know, we have to make – you know, every possession important, and within every possession, um, everybody doing their job and not having breakdowns as well. Um, and he showed that on the early in the game when, you know, out in transition, getting to the rim, and then on the offensive glass, um, we just gave up second chance points as well. In the first half, you, had, you struggled a lot just to maintain any kind of defense and consistency. You gave up 78 points. In the second half, you were totally different team. Yeah. How do you kind of uh, channel that second half? Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, the consistency, um, that's what you're striving for. And certainly it was, you know, it couldn't, it was, you know, it's polar opposites in, in many respects. So, um, you know, the fact that you, you touch it, you know, that, that you have to know that why, why you know, what, are, what are the things that, that, you know, allowed us to play the way we did? Is it because we were behind, you know, that a team put up that many points in the first half where um, it bothers you? I mean, I I like the fact that it it clearly bothered us, um, but it needs to bother us more as the game's going on. It needs to be a focus, you know, at the beginning of the game, the the first possession, the way it was the first possession in the second half. But um, so, you know, we've, we've played... Um, you know, we played Milwaukee, in New Orleans. Uh, we played with our, you know, our, our whole group. Um, we added a manual tonight, and I think just collectively, you know, top to bottom, um, we can continue to, to to be more focused and understand the level that we have to play at to execute defensively, both physically and mentally. There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder as he's still got a little work to do, especially defensively. You heard him talk about that uh, need to be focused specifically in the transition defense. Uh, it's been kind of a theme through the preseason. We'll see if that theme persists as uh, regular seasons get here and underway. All right, let's take you into the locker room and let you hear some of the Jazz players and what they had to say after the game. Let's start with Donovan Mitchell. 25 points. What, where do you feel this team is defensively? 
Um, I think the biggest thing, you look at the two halves, um, you know, I think we gave up 23 in the third and 27 in the fourth, and we even with some little buckets, so really like 22, 23 in the fourth. A lot of it is just a sense of urgency. You know, I think we just got to come out there and just go out there and, and compete. You know, I'm not to say we, we have guys that are willing to defend. You know, we have big boy back there, but, you know, I think a lot of it is just figuring each other out still, but communicating. And we have it. We have it with them, as we saw it in the second half, but, you know, we got to come out strong like they did. Is there any particular area of concern? I mean, they, they got 24 points on the break. Yeah, yeah. They hit, they hit, at the end of the day, like, you know, there are times where we guarded and they hit shots, you know. Like, we just got to be able to come out there and just be physical. We kind of let them hit us in the mouth first. And, you know, we've had times like that last year where we've been hitting the mouth and come back, which is hard to do that, you know, every every time. But, like, we'll, we'll, we'll be better at it, you know. Um, fortunately, this is preseason, but we're not in here approaching it like it is preseason. But, you know, we have things to clean up. But, you know, like I said, it's about our sense of urgency. It's about what we want to do. And I think we have, like I said, we have guys that want to do it. And you saw it in the second half. You've been a new member of this team before and you've seen new members come in and, and play in this defense and all. How much is it when thinking starts to happen? It, it seems it's, it's, like... Yeah, it's a lot of it is just, just knowing where to be. You know, I think, you know, we've, we've gone over it a lot, but, you know, it's different than when you go over it in practice first. When you go over it, you know, against Sacramento Kings, you know, where they have guys that can score at every position. You know, they can shoot every position. So, like I said, this is perfect for us, you know. Even even so, I think we were down nine at a certain point in the, in the fourth. I think and we really haven't played to the caliber of what we could play defensively and I think that's promising we were down five at one point too and then they hit a bang shot you know so there's a lot of things that are promising and I think that's just got to continue to to uh to build how would you evaluate the offense at this point um, honestly I don't think we're too worried about that I think it's really really just reads and we're making the right reads we're doing the right things guys are being aggressive um shots are going to fall you know it's 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 you know, make or mistake and we've got a lot of guys that make shots so we're really just focused on the defensive end but offensively I think we're doing well we have guys that are unselfish I think that makes it a lot easier for sure yeah, for sure, for sure. Looking ahead to the next game and then hopefully the beginning of the season, what kind of expectations do you have and how do you make these uh, corrections so that you're ready for the season? I think a lot of just knowing, figuring each other out more and more. Like, that's all, that's all it is. We, we have, like I said, it's a tale of two halves. You know, the second half we gave up under 30 points. You know, we try and keep it around 24. And, you know, I think it's just us going out there and, and competing. And, you know, we, we're doing it. We're, we're showing the effort. Now we just got to lock in and do the little things. And so do the little things and I think that just comes with getting to know each other getting to know the off the defensive schemes and we'll be in good shape I feel like there's this having other ball handlers allow you to be more focused on the defensive end a lot you know I think that I think I like I said I pride myself on playing defense it's really why I got drafted you know everything that you you guys have seen really just kind of just happened but you know that's having guys like Mike Joe um Boyan, Jeff, like guys who could just create off the, the dribble, I think it makes it really easy for me to just, you know, save a little bit of energy on offense and then come back and be able to guard defensively and, and put max effort. Not that I haven't, but it's, it makes it a little bit easier. I feel like with the maturity of this team that there's that right amount of balance between patience and urgency because you need both. Yeah, I think we have guys, like I said, you know, you have Mike's been playing in the West for years, Jeff, you know, has played 13 years, Boyan. Like, we have guys that came in and, and understand what it takes to win and what it takes to be a winning team, and we don't have guys that are unselfish. And I think that's the biggest thing when you add new guys. Guys could come in, you know, and, and kind of be about their own thing, but we have guys that are willing to, you know, to, to learn and willing to, to learn everything, and I think that's, that's what makes this group special. Guys, that's Donovan Thanks, Mitchell. Donovan. Let's go back to you. That was Donovan Mitchell, 22 points, 8 of 15 shooting, only 1 of 6 from deep. He was 5 of 6 at the line, 5 boards, 2 assists. Very strong performance once again from Donovan to lead the way for the Utah Jazz. Let's now let you hear from Rudy Gobert. The game was a little too comfortable, and uh, they're a very good team. So, you know, they, when they're confident, it's gonna, they're going to start making shots, they're going to start attacking you, and uh, they're very good when they do that. What's your level of concern about how quickly you can get it? I'm not concerned. Uh, second half was better, you know, and uh, I think from now every game going to be better. You know, we we don't want to be thinking that we're just going to flip the switch and all of a sudden we're going to be the top defensive team in the league. But you know, we got to keep grinding and keep getting better every game. You've given up 127 points in those three losses in each, at least that in each game. How do you? What do you uh, make adjustments? How do you make those adjustments so that that doesn't happen anymore? So they can. Get back to a more yeah, normal. It's on us. It's on us to, you know, it's it's always hard to judge preseason. You know, uh, a lot of guys haven't played the whole games. Uh, we don't play the fourth quarter. I mean, it's it's always hard to judge. But we we gotta when we start the game, start the game 
better and uh, we have one more game to and a few more practice you know to to keep getting better at it and I have no doubt you know I have no doubt that we're going to be like I said the goal is to be one of the best defensive teams in, in the league and uh, if you want to go where we want to go we're going to have to to be that you've mentioned how difficult it is to judge the preseason as you go through preseasons what is real and what can you adequately measure I mean, for us, we we don't want to play. It's hard. That's why it's always hard preseason. You want to, you kind of, you want to, you want to play. You want to get better. You want to win. You want to play hard. But at the same time, you, you say it's preseason. It doesn't count. Uh, for us, it's really uh, finding. I mean, finding our identity. And uh, you know, offensively, I'm not worried at all. You know, we just gotta keep sharing the ball and and you know and, and keep, keep taking care of the ball and we'll be fine and we are fine actually and defensively just uh, be who we are you know be a physical team a team that people don't want to play against and uh, and I think we've been that but not enough you know we gotta be that from the first minute to to the last and when we have a few letdowns we gotta cut them short you know and like I said everyone wanna wanna play defense on this team there's not a guy that comes here and thinks he's not gonna play defense so I'm I have no no concern. I think on media day you said you felt like weight might be on your shoulders even more this season, you know, without Fave and everything. Are you feeling that through three games? Yeah, again? yeah. And uh, you know, uh, it's on. It's for myself to other guys. You know, I got to be better on the more physical on the rebound. I got to be, you know, communicate better and uh, and uh, set the tone better, especially defensively. You know, at the start of the game and. Uh, like I said, I don't have any concern about that. You know, it's on it's on me and it's on uh, it's on the guys to just start again in a better way. Rudy, you said you feel good about the offense. What is the potential for this team at the offensive end? I don't I don't really see any limit for us offensively. You know, as long as we we keep playing for one another and uh, and we keep reading the defense. Uh, I don't see any coverage that we cannot score against and. Uh, I think that's a that's a positive. Now it's on us to I think value the ball a little more, you know, and don't waste uh, the ammo that we have too quick. When I think we can, uh, you know, make the defense work and punish them even more, you know, with the team we have right now. Mike had a comment. I think it was this morning about kind of adjusting defensively to playing with you, given that he's played in a very you you allow the team to play a very unique type of defense. Have you found that with several of the newer guys that it's the you know they're when you look at Mike, I don't know how many years he's been doing the same thing. You know, you have a, subconsciously you, you get the habits, and it takes a little bit to to fight those those habits and to get the new ones. So I'm like I said, uh, we communicate, we try to talk, and. I'm not worried about Mike at all. You know, he's he's a competitor and uh, he's a very good defender. So tonight, I think he, you know, I think he did a great job, and uh, I think he's just, you know, get we all gotta get those habits and and even meet myself. You know, I've been playing national team for for almost for two months, so now I'm coming back here and I gotta get used, you know, to to that type of game. Training camp was really short, and I'm getting my habits, you know, my my good habits back too. Guys, that's Rudy Gobert. Let's go back to you. That was Rudy Gobert, who has had 17 points last night, six boards, had a block shot. He was five of six from the field, seven of five. Uh, excuse me, seven of ten from the line. Uh, Rudy was five of five against the Pelicans, meaning that in the preseason thus far, he's ten of eleven from the field. So I think Rudy uh, is going to his field uh, his field goal percentage is going to be terrific once again this year. All right, let's now let you hear from Emmanuel Moutier. In the best way we can play. For you, what do you like most about this organization, that system, working with Quinn? Uh, what has jumped out to you as being so beneficial? I think he's honestly, if if I'm being honest, and I'm this is not just me to hype him up, but I think just being with a coach like that, um, he's somebody that he understands me. So uh, I'm trying to learn as much as I can from him, and that's honestly my favorite thing about being here, just learning as much as I can from him. Everybody talks about one of the best things he does to build trust is to be extremely honest. Yeah. How much have you had to be really honest with yourself while he's being honest with you? And and how actually, how liberating is that? As you uh, yeah, the first time we ever talked, we was honest from the jump. <laughs> so I think that that's a, that's the a reason why I chose to come here too. Uh, first time we talked, we talked for about an hour and a half. And it was just nothing but a real conversation. 
these this organization doesn't bring players here for no reason. Right. They see something in everybody. Right. What do they see in you? What are they trying to bring out in you? And, and what do you, how are you trying to make that manifest itself? That's a question you got to ask them. <laughs> but they didn't talk to you about that when they. I first? mean, yeah, but I think that's a question that it'll be best if you you get an answer from them more so than me. Okay. Yeah. Good. And then what uh, going forward? Just your next steps as you develop and grow within the system and, and for yourself. What's, what do I, what, what's my yeah. goals or yeah. what? Your next step in this development uh, Like I said, man, just trying to learn as much as possible. Uh, it's a pretty veteran team, so learn a lot from, you know, Mike, Jeff, you know, those type of guys. And just, you know, they know what it takes to be playing at a high level in the playoffs. Uh, and that, that's what I'm, I'm here for. Emmanuel, thanks so much, man. Uh, thank you. Guys, that's Emmanuel Moutier. Let's go back to you. There you go. That was Emmanuel Moutier in 17 minutes. He had eight points on four of six shooting in his debut for the Utah Jazz. We got our first look at what uh, should be uh, the Jazz backup point guard. Uh, but uh, And Ben Anderson and I talked about this on the postgame. The Jazz have so many different players initiating the offense. It might be a little difficult to tell who that backup point guard is. And frankly, if Joe Ingles continues to come off the bench with his production, he might be your, uh, your player initiating the offense with that bench unit. All right, let's wrap things up and let you hear from Royce O'Neal. Still got a bunch of new guys who are learning. I mean, everybody's learning how to play with each other, so it would be good. Like I said, toughness is where you want for this group, mental toughness, the way you guys work, because that seems to be something you guys pride yourself on. It seems to be evident early and often. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, think about the next play. Uh, don't think about the last one. I mean, we got guys who are like mentally tough guys who want to help each other get better. So that's what we're going to focus on. When people are going to be talking about defense, you've always said the number one thing has to be commitment, care factor. Since you guys feel like that is in place, I get the sense that there's no sense of panic, obviously, or there's plenty of patience to understand that that's a process. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we got a bunch of new guys, and, you know, along with the returning guys who are, you know, trying to see how each other play, you know. So every game plan is going to be different. We just got to, you know, communicate better and learn from each other. Thanks so much. Guys, that's Royce O'Neal. Let's go back to you. There you go. That was Royce O'Neal. He came in off the bench, struggled a little bit last night. 21 minutes. He had six points. He was one of six shooting. However, he did pull in seven rebounds to go along with two assists, a steal, and a block. One of those overall performances that have uh, given Royce O'Neal a prominent role on this team, whether he's starting or coming off the bench. Certainly would expect that to continue. The Jazz fall to the Sacramento Kings 128 to 115. They moved to one in three on the preseason, one and one at home. Uh, their next preseason game will be tomorrow night against the Portland Trailblazers, and that will conclude preseason action for the Utah Jazz. They'll be on to the regular season after that. There's the best of the postgame show. When we come back, we'll go to Kyle Whittingham's press conference. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. So... PK and I went up to Kyle Winningham's press conference yesterday, and there was an opportunity to make a joke, and my mind was worrying. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get a joke, and all of a sudden I see PK's hand go up, and he got not one but two in at the same time. Knew that was coming. Uh, you'll hear it in the middle of this. There's uh, some serious football stuff, and then there's a little bit of goofing around. Here's Kyle Winningham's press conference. Good to go. Okay. All right, it's good to get the win on uh, Saturday night. Uh, guys played uh, well. They played very well. And, uh, you know, we needed to get a win on the road. That's if you want to win a championship, you got to win on the road as well as at home. And, and it was good to get a win on the road. And so uh, moving on to Arizona State, uh, back home here at our place, uh, good football team, five and one. Um, you know, just find a way to win every week. There's no real glaring statistical number that, uh, you know, it's just off the charts for them. They're just doing what they need to do to win week in and week out. And, uh, you know, they did a number on us last year, beat us up pretty good. And so we've got to try to find a way to, to obviously be better this year against them. Uh, they've got a good running back, you know, number three, Benjamin, very productive. Uh, the receiver's really talented, number two. Uh, freshman quarterback's playing well. 
Um, offensive line is, is solid and uh, playing good defense. So they're, they're a complete team and uh, they don't uh, beat themselves. That's for certain. They're, they're well coached. And so, like I said, we got to find a way to, to uh, have success. So it'll be you know, important to have a great week of practice, just like always, and uh, come out with the right mindset and see what we can do. So questions? Kyle, six games into the season, Tyler Huntley is pretty comparable with Alex Smith at that point of the season. Is there any similarities in how they approached the game or anything like that that you remember? Their approach, yes. I think there there's a lot of similarities. Similarities, and there is similarities anytime. You know, the the really good players and the guys that are that are the the guys that. Uh, you know, are performing exceptionally well or typically are guys that are preparing well during the week and watching extra film and doing things in the preparation process that, that enable them and allow them to, to be successful on Saturday. And so I think, uh, you know, when I, th I think back to Alex, it was a long time ago, but, but when he was here, uh, same type of work ethic and the same type of preparation that went into his game week, uh, Tyler's doing a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. An interesting stat about your team that jumps out this week is that Utah is one of six FBS teams that is top 25 in total offense and top 25 in total defense. We've, you've mentioned how limited snaps have kind of helped keep the team fresh on both sides of the ball. Is, do you feel like that's kind of the main reason that it's that high? No, I don't think that's the main reason. I think that's a contributor, but I think that we've been executing on all. Our snaps on offense are pretty good. I mean, we're up there. We're, you know, you want to snap the ball on offense uh, and control it. And so I think that um, as many times as you can without – you know, getting out of your philosophy. I mean, you know, we've talked about fast-paced offenses, and they they all have their place, but that's not what we do. But we we control the ball a different way. And uh, defensively, we've got really good players, and the defensive line is controlling the line of scrimmage week in and week out. And I think that's the biggest single factor for our defense success is the way that our defensive line controls the line of scrimmage every week. Sometimes it's tough to get a read on a freshman quarterback, uh, but having recruited uh, Jaden Daniels, and you are pretty familiar with him, how much does that help in the preparation? Well, we know his skill set very well. Like you said, we recruited him uh, really hard out of high school. Um, he's a talented kid. He's, he's not the biggest guy. He's only on about 180 pounds, 175 pounds. So, <clears throat> so he's not uh, hasn't filled out yet. But he's he's doing a really nice job running the offense. He's making good decisions. <clears throat> They're taking care of the football. Haven't turned it over excessively. Uh, you know, I think they only have five five turnovers all year long. And uh, he's just doing a good job uh, for a true freshman. He's doing an exceptional job of, of running the offense. You are uh, bottom ten in the country in both penalties and penalty yardage. Does that does that bother you, or is that part of being an aggressive team? A little of both. It does it does bother us. I think we're I think, you know, last time we had this discussion, we're we're about fifteen or twenty yards too many a game penalty wise, and and uh, but uh, you know we are an aggressive team. We play aggressive coverage uh, on the outside in the secondary, which is going to lend itself to a, a few more potential uh, calls out there. But uh, we got to clean some things up, and we're not. We're, we're, we got to play cleaner than we have, and that's something that you always got things to work on. And that is certainly one of the things we need to work on is uh, trying to become less penalized. Looks like Daniels picks his spots on when to run. What do you got to do to make sure that you don't get burned by him taking off? Should I give away the game plan? You can just or tell me. Just tell you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're right. He's mobile. He's he's uh, he has escapability. And he has hurt people with that and, and come up with some really timely uh, conversions and making first downs with his legs. And we've just got to do a good job of you know, trying to balance the pass rush, stay in your lanes, um, and uh, try to keep him in the cage like we do you know, every mobile quarterback. There's some quarterbacks you want to get on the run because they're not very good on the run. They don't throw as well. They're not a threat to run the football, but not this guy. He's, he's good on the run, and so we've just got to be disciplined and, and structure some things to try to keep him in that pocket. You're only giving up four and a half points a game <coughs> in the second half. That is a very low number. What, what is happening there? Halftime adjustments? What, is it your depth? Why, why such a small number? 
Probably a combination of all the above. I think our coaches have done a nice job of coming in at halftime on both sides of the ball and and uh, making the adjustments that need to be made. And uh, I've alluded to the fact that I think we're in good physical shape. I don't think our guys wear down. We're not playing a lot of snaps on defense, you know, like we talked about earlier, which which uh, keeps the guys fresh. And uh, you know, our offense is doing a good job controlling the ball. Seems like in the second halves when we've got leads, we you know we start running the football in a little bit higher dose and and uh, eat that clock up. Kyle, with, uh, is there a different mindset going into this game, given the fact that the South Division implications, ranked teams, all that? Not a bit. No, every game's treated the same. Every game, uh, particularly in the Pac-12, is important no matter who you're playing. And so, no, there's no different mindset or approach. It's uh, We use our same process and our same uh, practice structure and all that. Did you ever, along the recruiting process, think that Jaden Daniels was coming here, or how did that evolve? We thought we had a good chance uh, at times. Uh, we never had a silent commit or anything like that. I mean, it was it was always, uh, you know, and, well, we knew it was between us and Arizona State. That's, you know, especially towards the end, That's uh, it was very obvious that's who it was coming down to. And, uh, you know, we thought we had a, a pretty good chance up until we didn't. <laughs> so, and that's, that, you know, it was, it was disappointing. But, uh, you know, he chose... Uh, what he thought was his best fit, and it's working out for him. With uh, Zach just 55 yards away from the all-time school record, is he looking back? Is he a guy when he first got on campus? You thought, yeah, this could be one of the all-time greats. Yeah. I don't know if we thought uh, that exactly, but we knew he was really good, and we we knew we had something, and he had all the the skill set, you know, the the strength, the speed, the the vision. But uh, you never, I don't would I won't say never, but we didn't know just how good he could be and he's he's proven to be I think probably better than everyone thought he was going to be even though we knew he was going to be really good he's you know was he going to be the record setting back of all time at Utah I don't think that was going through our mind at that time you've had a hard time over the years with ASU are there is there a common thread or some common threads that you can put together that no none that we can think of and you're right it's been a, a rough series for us but uh, as I said about was at Washington State. I mean, this is a different, a different year, different matchups. Every every year is its own complete entity, separate entity, and and uh, I don't think anything in the past will play into this game. It's just we haven't fared very well. Kyle, I've been Corvallis. You stayed at the midway point to give your team an A minus. Can you kind of expound on that now that you've had a chance to let the first half settle in? Yeah, well, we haven't been perfect. Obviously, our record's not perfect. You know, we've been, we're five and one, and so uh, that would preclude us from getting us an A. Um, but I think we're trending in a good direction, at least the last couple of games. It's not a huge sample of work, but I think we're starting to. to uh, you know, figure out who we are, and that's what happens about mid-year. You start to figure out who you are, who you are, and and uh, I think that's you know just where we're at right now is is uh, you know a, a pretty good football team, and hopefully we can become a better football team as the season goes on. Through through the first six games, have you know, have you uh, sensed that Devin Lloyd has been about where you thought he would be, especially being thrusted in the starting role at the beginning of training camp? Devin White. Devin Lloyd. Oh, Devin Lloyd. I'm sorry. I misheard you. Okay. Devin Lloyd. Okay. That ruined my train of thought because I was trying to figure out who it was, what you're talking about. And so what was the question about Devin Lloyd? Have you had to see Van about what you thought he'd be? Yes. Yeah. Devin has, has uh, improved uh, throughout the course of the season. He's uh, still a ways away from, I think, his, his ceiling. I mean, he's still got a lot of improvement that can be made and, and will be made over the next couple of years. But uh, he's a playmaker. You know, he had that interception return. You saw some of his speed on that uh, touchdown return. And, and he's athletic. And he is uh, starting to get a feel for the position. And it gets a little more. He's, he seems to me a little more comfortable each week as, he, as the season goes on. Kyle, after reviewing that targeting hit by Orlando, what needs to change when your offensive linemen are maybe trying to help push the pile or clear guys off guys? I'm just wondering right. what, what you guys saw after reviewing the film of that. Yeah, well, it was it was uh, you know, it was unfortunate, and I'm not going to say what I thought about the call, but but uh, you got to. You know, you just got to play within the rules. And, you know, offensive linemen, uh, in the past, you really had offensive linemen that could clean up the pile and, and, you know, go in there and knock things forward. And I guess you just got to be extra careful not to do it, you know, with your head down. You got to keep your head up, keep your eyes up. But you still see linemen coming in and pushing the pile and getting those extra two, three, four yards. And so we just got to do a better job of doing that the right way. 
and looking at what Tyler Huntley's done with with his accuracy and efficiency, one thing that stands out is a lot of different receivers are stepping up and having big games from week to week. How, how much credit do you give the receivers <laughs> for just not being just one or two guys, but multiple guys that are able to step mm-hmm. in and contribute like that. Yeah, great point. And that point is illustrated this week. Our player of the game on offense is a receiving core in its entirety, uh, in-house. That was our player of the game. And, and that group has been uh, tremendous as far as their work, eth- work ethic. They're unselfish. Uh, a lot of times when the ball's being spread around so much and you're not getting as many, you know, each guy's not getting as much as he wanted, uh, you can have a little bit of issue, but not with this group. This group is is, is uh, their team players all the way, and they support each other. They they you know they cheer for each other, and uh, that's been really a positive for our football team is to have that mentality, and, and we have that mentality you know throughout the team, but receiving group seems to really exemplify it for us. And like I said, they were all six of those starters, the, the, the two deep in the uh, three wide receiver set were, were player of the game. Tyler's completion percentage is 75%. What is the goal? Because I thought you said once it was like high 60s. Yeah, if you can be over 65%, you're pretty good. You're throwing the ball accurately, and and uh, to be 75 is off the charts good. And I don't know where that is in the nation, but it's it's got to be up there in the top two or three, I would guess. And... Uh, you know, we now have a whole half of a season body of work to, to, to evaluate. And that's, you know, to be at, at this juncture in the season, to be at that level and his efficiency rating, uh, just throwing the ball is like one, it's leading the Pac-12 180-something. And so he is, he's doing, I can't uh, give him enough accolades right now of how much he means to our team and how well he's playing. But he's got to keep it up. You know, we got six games left. So this big leap he's taken is this something about him him going into his senior year is it having a new offensive coordinator and a system more tailored to him probably uh both i think you know he he knows this is his last opportunity and and going into his senior year and has been a little frustrated the last couple years with the injuries and not being able to to finish the season and i think he was determined first of all to finish the season that was that was one of his first and foremost goals uh he still as he's kept the weight out he's still 200 pounds plus and uh so that's a positive uh andy has definitely meshed with tyler they've they're they're a good uh a good match. I mean, they they just seem to be in sync with each other. They they're they've uh, and Andy was you know excited about Tyler all during the off season about how athletic he was and what kind of things he was going to create in the offense for him specifically, and uh, that's happened. And Tyler has embraced that and done a great job with everything that he's been asked to do. Notice Bam on the uh, on the two deep. How's he progressed so far, and do you feel he's close to getting that playing time? He's progressed very well. He's very close to getting that playing time. Um, you know, I, I don't think you'll. Uh, what we don't want to do is have one of his four games or a couple of his four games be you know eight to ten snaps. You know, that, that's wasteful. And so we're going to hold out uh, as long as we think we need to before he's ready to have a lion's share of the reps. And and uh, and then also there could be injury. You know, you never know what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. So so things could work themselves out in that regard. But uh, we're not going to just get him in there and, and six, eight, ten snaps and call it good. You know, that's, that's not the plan. So going into the second half of the season, what's one area of improvement for each Special of the- teams. Did I catch you off? What else do you want to know? <laughs> one area, go ahead. Sorry. We're on the same page. Uh, one thought for each of the offense, defense, and special teams okay. specifically. All right. Well, let's start with special teams. We need to get something going in the return game. First of all, we've been very, very – I hate the word pedestrian, but that word gets used a lot. There's two words I hate, narrative and pedestrian. That's, those are the cool words, narrative especially. But uh, we have not got much generated uh, in the punt return game, which is unlike us. You know, in the past five, six years, we've been up or near the top of the league in that. Um, we're not punting very much, which is a good thing. You know, we're only, I think we've only punted 11 or 12 times. Kickoff return, nobody's getting much going there because of uh, the rule and how, how people are treating it. Uh, but we, we need to have a little more of an impact on the, on the game itself, special teams-wise, through a combination of things. Uh, defensively, more takeaways. You know, we're still decent. I think we've got 10 of them, but we've got to generate more takeaways. That's, we're a team that has traditionally generated a bunch of takeaways, and that, that's something that needs to happen. Uh, offensively, continue to 
increase our red zone production, which we did last game. We were, we were uh, 75% productive, and the, the one time we didn't score, it was towards the end of the game where we were just running the football, and we ended up kicking a field goal. And had we wanted to absolutely score and, threw, uh, and throw the ball, we probably could have. But but that's something that, uh, you know, finishing drives on offense is, is uh, something that is always going to be a uh, point of emphasis. As far as the Pac-12 goes nationally, the narrative is it's a pedestrian. What'd you conference. say? <laughs> what a. <laughs> and, and so you got two ranked teams playing on the Pac-12 network, which doesn't have a whole lot of exposure. From a conference perspective, does it bother you? Does it bother me that we don't have a lot of exposure? From a I, conference perspective, because you got two national, nationally ranked teams, I I and you're not control being, the controllables. I have no control over things like that, so no, it does not bother me. But you because, may need that down the line for uh, we need to win games. If we win games, then things usually take care of themselves, and that's that's our whole objective and focus. We can't worry about the peripheral and the things that uh, you know, kickoff times and exposure and that type of thing. That's that's wasted energy. So it didn't bother you as far as recruiting either. No, we just you just play the hand you're dealt, and you and you go. If I can control it and fix it and get it set up exactly how we wanted, then I'd pay a lot of attention to it. But we have no no control over it. Smart Alec. <laughs> yeah. It's one in every crowd, huh? PK, DJ. Yeah. Has anything changed on the status of uh, Britain Covey? No, no change on Britain. Uh, good question. He's uh, still in red shirt mode right now but but again as things play out uh and things unfold if if it comes to a point where it all matches up and he's raring to go and completely back to his old self and we're you know in a good spot with the team then you could you know we'd, we'd think about it but right now uh no change yet Changed in Samson Nakua the last couple of weeks. Is it just a matter of getting on the field with Britain being hurt? But he's had a couple really big weeks. He in has. Position. He, he certainly has, and he's been a, a big positive for us. And that's a big part of it. More reps have opened up for him because of Brit's um, being on the sidelines. And uh, Samson's a talented player. You saw that catch he made on fourth down. I mean, that was a, it was a great throw, first of all, but it was a phenomenal catch. And he is a talented guy. And he's. I just keep waiting for him to break out. Because he's got a, he's got a lot of ability, and maybe you're starting to see that happen now. We'll see as things progress. If he can keep contributing like he has, that'll be big for our football team. And he's a great blocker downfield. He's one of our best perimeter blockers. Lucky Foto, is he starting to realize his potential as a defensive tackle? Yes, he is, and and uh, he was very good for us last year. It's not just this year that started to happen. It started to happen last year, and uh, I think he's one of the best defenders in the conference and we have several guys on well at least three or four guys on our team that are in that category they think are really good defenders but but as far as top of the conference but he's he's uh doing everything that we asked him to do he's not a flashy guy you know he's not a, a supreme pass rusher or or you know not a lot of flashing he draws a lot of double teams and so he is doing exactly what we need him to do in the defense and playing very well how many? How much impact does it have on the psyche of the players that they don't have to travel as far this year? They only have to get on an airplane four times for this season. I bet they didn't. They don't even know that. I bet they don't even know there was only four flights and that hasn't entered their mind. So I don't. You know, as coaches, you think about that stuff and travel and and how the schedule, you know, sets up as far as when you fly, when you don't. But but I'm going to say that as a player, you know, thinking back when I was, I don't think they think much at all about that. There's Kyle Whittingham's press conference. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.